Welcome to BBC Indiana. There's a long-standing tradition in British culture. An entire generation of people believe that the TV licensing authority can determine if you've paid your TV license or not using only a radar-equipped van. But how did that van come into existence? And can it really detect illegal TV reception? The science is clear. Emphatically, no, you cannot. But why did it lead to a profoundly bizarre moment in British music history? In order to learn more, we traveled to London and spoke with record producer and music executive Crispin Highsmith, brother of famous British rock musician and Tory peer Sir Richard Highsmith. So what actually is a TV license? Well, I know it sounds a bit crazy to you Yanks, but what it basically is is a license you have to pay to watch television. It funds the BBC. But as far as I understand it, there's no real authority for TV licensing inspectors to gain entry to someone's home in order to determine whether they have or have not paid their license. Well, it's very British. It basically functions on awkwardness. They have no power to enter your home or to make you tell them whether you've got a TV or not. All they're hoping is if they come and say, we know you haven't got a TV license and we think you've got a TV, you'll be embarrassed enough to pay up. And so, as far as I understand it, there was a song that was relatively popular in the mid-1980s exactly to this effect about this relationship between television watcher and TV license inspector. It's a crazy story. There were some people high up in the Thatcher government who thought in the mid-80s there weren't enough people paying their TV license. And they came up with this absolutely crackpot idea to get people to pay up, which was to commission a popular pop song encouraging people via the threat of the radar detector van that you had to pay up. Now, the problem they had was finding a musician to do it. Was it that people didn't want to cooperate with the government or that they thought the idea was just too, I don't know, corny? Exactly, yeah. No one would touch it with a fucking barge pole. And we're talking about people who are absolutely cane to the eyeballs on the finest Colombian shit. But no one was touching the steaming turd that was the Thatcher government. They went to every band in the UK. I mean, they went to fucking Culture Club. No one would touch it. Level 42 told them to go fuck themselves. So then, what did they do? Well, they worked out that what they needed to do was get in some foreign ringers to scab for the British music industry. So, at the time, there happened to be a very popular Dutch synth-pop band over in the Netherlands. And they thought, these fuckers don't speak English. They've got no idea. These guys, I'm shitting you not, Johannes Vonk and the Clockheads, recorded this track. At the time, none of them spoke English. They learned the lyrics by rote. They had no idea they were singing about the TV licensing authority. It is my understanding that the Thatcher government told them that the song was about boot polish. That band, Johannes Vonk and the Clogheads, have long since broken up. But by chance, Yap Ten Hoot, their former bassist, happens to live in the United Kingdom, and we spoke to him. So Yap, what was it that drew you to this song? Yeah, it's a really fucking crazy story, to be honest with you. Because at the time, the Clogheads were just getting popular. We couldn't believe the success that we were having across the world, and in the UK in particular. We released a song, Honkball Hoof the Clasha, all about baseball. We never knew it would be this popular. But then we get approached by the British government and we think, 
Jesus, this is big. Okay, they tell us they want to make a song. They don't tell us really what the song is about. At the time, we don't really speak English that well. So they give us these lyrics. We have to learn them. We're singing something about Radar Van. We don't know, we don't know what the song is about. We have no idea at all. And we're just singing it, and then suddenly it gets popular. And then we find out that this song is about a TV license. I don't understand what this is. We don't have this in the Netherlands. Why would you need a license for your television? What for? What are you watching child pornography? I don't know. Uh, excuse me? Oh, I should clarify. In the Netherlands, you do not need a TV license to watch child pornography. By which I mean uh, not pornography with children in it. That would be disgusting. I mean pornography for children, which is educational, because they have to learn. Unfortunately, owing to some technical difficulties, we were no longer able to continue the interview. However, to round out this segment, please enjoy the 1985 hit from Johannes Vonk and the Clogheads, Radar Van. Excuse me, we just need to check if you have a television. We're sitting in a radar van, we're on your streets. We're investigating if you watch TV. We'd like to ask some questions of you over tea, but you don't have to let us in. Hello and welcome back to this episode of Free TF, 
where free TA. No, no, they they haven't earned that. <laughs> they didn't earn that, listeners. Listeners, if you heard that and it excited you, unexcite yeah, yourself. Yeah, purge that yeah. from the record. That's yeah. that's a that's yeah. a taster of what you can get on the bonus feed. <laughs> yeah. It of goes that. to me that actually people who don't subscribe to the Patreon don't even know that that's something we do on the bonus feed. It is feed. because you do it on the free feed like three out of five times. Yeah, because oh, you forget fuck. which one you're doing. Shit, yeah. idiot. Uh, so if anyone wants to replace Milo, <laughs> um, do not email us. Yes, that's right. Uh, do not get in contact. Do not ever email me or tweet me. <laughs> it is it is myself, uh, Riley. It is Milo. It is Alice. Mm. And uh, joining us to help us with another edition of TF Macro, which we'll be doing in the middle of the show. It is yeah. uh, Citadel's very own uh, Emily. Emily, how's it going? Well, how are you? Very, very well, thanks. Excited to get into some of this stuff what today. What the hell is TF Macro? You have literally never explained that. You just started yeah, just doing been it. saying it recently. Yeah, you've just been yeah, saying it's... it, but you've never actually said what you mean by it. It's where we talk about the economy. Oh, is that a, what it is? It's exactly as real as real macro. Okay. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We are getting into the micro foundations of TF. Yeah. Um, I was hoping it was going to be something a bit like Velcro, but like a TF branded version. <laughs> yeah, TF, TF Macro, shoes you can take off and on easily if you're a Sticks child. right onto your pubic hair, it's great. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, right useful for carrying cheese or a packet of polish. So, we have a few a few news items today, uh, then a startup, then we're going to talk about the damn economy, and then an article. Um uh, okay, another week of uh, no, K, no UK Labour Party updates. No, boring. Uh, aware. Not a real policy. Not interested. Eh. Aware more has happened. None of it is surprising. Okay. They're ideologically okay. committed to okay. sucking. Okay. Who cares? Okay. Instead, we're going to talk about... I've heard what Riley has to say about it not being surprising, but I, and I would like to agree with him and say that he could go further and say <laughs> that it is completely unsurprising. <laughs> so, instead, what we're going to do is talk about something that is about as important and significant as anything a... Um, the uh, Labour Party does, which oh. is uh, Dr. Seuss <laughs> is no longer being taught at woke universities. Oh. In terms oh. of finally gotten Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I was just about academia. to get my degree in advanced Seuss studies. <laughs> They'd already get, he'd already hit the glass ceiling. You're never going to become Professor Seuss. Yeah. <laughs> You're stuck at Doctor. Yeah, he's 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 Reader Seuss. Yeah, why they have to do him like this, <laughs> Assistant Lecturer Seuss? Uh, so, uh, but, uh, Emily, have you sort of have you seen sort of the? Uh, Are you familiar with Doctor Seuss? <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar with Doctor Seuss? Do you find Seuss. that he comes up often at Citadel? Yeah, yeah, we're we're constantly talking to Doctor Seuss. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Uh, buy I'm green no eggs. Lorax. I speak for the HFTs. <laughs> <laughs> buy green eggs, yeah. sell ham. Yeah, that's right. Um, no, so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very funny to me though that um, this is going to be a bit of a oh theme. Oh my god, they're the going to start selling uh, Doctor Seuss NFTs, aren't they? Yeah, oh, green absolutely. egg futures. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, so what it seems to be is that um, every uh, uh, sort of conservative trigger the lid talking trigger the libs talking head in America has decided to be like, actually, I love Doctor Seuss. Yeah, that's right. And I feel like it's been a while since we've seen something like that. Oh, it's like, the, uh, we're going back to silly mm. season, which is good because like yeah. we had actual yeah. insurrection for a while and now we're back to this which is very funny yeah. i would argue this is more severe <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> mr potato head was kind of like a little a little flavor of this yeah and it's... then now now we're into the meat now but we're into i am don't reading fucking dead name potato head on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> Mook's potato head. so um 
it's it, but it, the the main consistency here is that it seems like conser- cons- the, the main conservative thing seems to be like I'm going to show how much I love reading bo- books for children and playing with toys for babies, and it ups it makes the liberals furious. Yeah, there's there's two right. kinds of this outrage, right? There's like getting mad at something for children, or there's taking something that you own that works and throwing it in the trash. Like, yeah. uh, because uh, yeah, my, yeah, my yeah. coffee machine company tweeted that Black Lives Matter, so I'm throwing the Keurig <laughs> out of a fifth story window. Which is something mm. a child would do. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. I have to defenestrate my coffee maker. Yeah. Um, um, actually, I, I think this does infuriate the liberals because the liberals are obsessed with just different kinds of children's toys. Like, there is definitely, like, what I've realized is that whenever a conservative gets furious about the woke left, there is a liberal somewhere doing exactly what they're imagining. Mm. Like, there is somewhere in America, there is a liberal mom who's, like, burning all of the Dr. Seuss books and, like, <laughs> yeah, replacing them like, with, like, white privilege or whatever that fucking dumb book was called. the idea of what's going on and is like, well, we're cancelling Dr. Yeah. Seuss? Shit, yeah. all right then. All right, that's right. Yeah, and the liberals love different things for yeah. children. They love Harry Potter, conservatives love Dr. Seuss. That's right. <laughs> tomato, tomato, <laughs> mooks, potatoes. This, yeah. this yeah. is <laughs> the dumbest front of our culture war yet, and I love <laughs> Are you sure that the next thing isn't the dumbest front of our culture war yes. yet? I said yes. <laughs> you say potato, I say do you want to put an X in that? Let's call the whole uh, thing off. Uh, conservatives also outraged that uh, they can no longer jack it to Lola Bunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, again, yeah! in a children, again, in a children's movie. Why are these people obsessed with products for children? I don't understand why the liberals want to get into my bedroom all of a sudden. <laughs> what well, I I found absolutely every level of the Lola Bunny thing I found absurd. First of all, that people were mad about it, but primarily what got to me later was that A, that Lola Bunny was slightly horny looking in the first place, and B, that despite the fact that it was kind of ambiguously horny looking, they sort of made her less horny looking, thereby admitting they deliberately made her horny looking in the first place. Like, the whole thing I'm just like, what the what the fuck is going on? No, it's been downhill <laughs> since Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. And then yeah. the human pet guy said he'd fuck her. <laughs> Did you see? Apparently, the 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 post everyone was using about Lola Bunny it was from an actual hentai. They were like, "This is what they took from us," and it was like a sexualized actual hentai. Fucking, version this of Lola is an Bunny. actual example of like misinformation in the media, and we need to like root out these sources of fake news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you see? Did you see Snopes this week has just been like, "Yeah, no, we're just gonna say that stuff is a mixture of true and false when it's true, but it embarrasses us." Mm. Like yeah, uh, S- Snopes here now. Um, basically, re- basically, S- Snopes is just a version of the Society of the Spectacle for people who desperately need yeah. work. And, and like the the website that you would go to when you were like in year ten and you wanted to know whether or not it was true that one time a guy fucked a horse and the horse fucked him so hard he died. Did that really happen or not? Is now like well, you have to put Kristen Cinema's weird sort of uh the thumbs down gesture in context. Yeah, that's right. I think that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I think all of that is great. Uh, I certainly uh, America has a, a vital and forward-moving culture that is going to produce a lot of great shit from here from here on out. And um, the UK is absolutely not in the, the same boat as that, of course, <laughs> uh, which we'll be getting to a little bit later. But you know, I, I just wanted to acknowledge the um, continued uh, proof of my main thesis that 
Basically, it seems like the all of the cultural wars <laughs> no, are uh, not to fucking like children. clap myself on the back too much. But what yeah. I really wanted to do here was it's say that, that I'm right. That uh, uh, once again, I have never been wrong about anything. History has vindicated me yet again. History continues yeah. to vindicate my position. <laughs> yeah. History that, um, is a long process of vindicating love... us. Yes, it yeah. vindicates my position that uh, conservatives just absolutely cannot get over how much they love children's media, entertainment, toys, etc. But are all but because they are everything that they, they experience their entire life filtered through the prism of fury mm. that they cannot enter. They must interact with Mister Potato Head or Mixed Potato Head, yeah. but they cannot do so except by like you know seeing. Um, their like their culture as attacked by again these children. So it's also very funny that very few of them like a have children and also b they're all both liberal and conservatives uh, lamenting the lowering birth rate right because like no nobody else wants to have children that I can argue about what kind of books they'll consume because me merely because we've made it impossible for them to do that. I have every single Mr. Man book that I have combed for anti-white identity <laughs> politics. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about uh, Startup. Uh, mm. Startup is, of course, called Starship. Yay. We built this city. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's yeah. the that's thank you. It's uh, it is Starship. It is Jefferson Star uh, Jefferson yeah. Airplane, whatever. Yeah. Jefferson um, Starship. <laughs> that's a good bit. I've no, they literally were a thing. Yeah, I thought so. A Jefferson uh, Airplane were a bit. No, Jeff were a thing, no Jefferson Airplane were... changed their name to Jefferson Starship. Or maybe that was a Simpsons uh, joke. History has vindicated Wait, me yet again. I don't know. Just like Pol Pot, you're this, right. This once is what again. people li get love to listen to on a podcast: yeah. is three comedians <laughs> half remembering a joke from an earlier sitcom. And I... if only we had Snopes for this. Yes, uh, Snopes. Mm. Tell me if it's a mixture of true, true, truth and falsity, Emily. Yeah. The startup is called Starship, and I'll even give you the first line of their ad copy. It promises a new kind of business. What do you think they do? Oh, I have no idea. Um, I assume they're not an actual starship. Uh, no, that would be a correct assumption. No, that would be that'd useful be sweet, to someone. Jefferson Starship were a real band. Fuck you. Yeah. I was yeah. right. History up, has vindicated me specifically. They are, they are separate from the band Starship. Um, <laughs> yes. Alice, Starship, a new kind of business. What do you think it is? Oh, I don't know. We're, we're doing prison abolition by loading people into rockets, and then we're firing those rockets into the sun, or possibly onto like off-world mining colonies. Uh, starships blank. Move at pedestrian speed For and weigh second, no more I than 100 pounds. You were going to fucking be like, oh, well, you know, oh, you've it's actually a delivery got it. drone, isn't it? Uh, yep, yeah, Milo got it, Emily, from your groan. I think you might have yeah. sussed it during that sentence <laughs> as well. It's going to be the most sci-fi... Is, is it going to look like a tiny little version of the Planet Express ship from Futurama? Uh, no, the, uh, it is very much, like, sleek. It looks Ugh. like it was designed by Joni Ive in 2008, mm. basically. It is, it is a sleek white plastic, uh, jobby. Right. Uh, they're inherently <laughs> safe. They're inherently safe. Yeah, they're so it's fundamental safe. to the nature of them that they're safe. Uh, yes. They could not be unsafe. Safety third. Yeah. Uh, no, so they promise a revolution in local delivery. We believe mm. our robots will revolutionize food and package deliveries. A, an industry begging to be revolutionized. Absolutely. Offering people convenient new services that improve everyday life. Okay. Like not trying to unionize. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it was a company. It was launched in 2014. So... Your everyday life should already have been uh, thoroughly disrupted by them. Oh, yeah. I was say, that's quite old. Yeah, so they've sort of the seven years of, to yeah. have revolutionized an entire Older than this podcast. industry. Uh, Starship Technologies, they say, operates in several cities around the world. 
uh, including Milton Keynes. Hmm. Oh, that's not a city. <laughs> Point one. Change your ad copy, mate. <laughs> Uh, so, the self-driving delivery robot. They say Starship robots are advanced devices that can carry items within a four-mile uh, radius. Our delivery platform enables instant delivery, parcels, groceries, and food, and so on. Now, you have to request that via a mobile roundabouts. app. Uh, well, that's the whole, one of the whole other things, right? Ah, yeah. it's going to be an issue in Milton Keynes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so you basically you can order this thing. You you go onto right. the onto like the little app and you're like, mm, yeah, I'd like some San Pellegrino, please. Uh, beep beep beep. Uh, beep mm. boop. Uh, Starship, yeah. please uh, pick that up for me from the from the big Tesco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Starship, this little sort of you know Apple MacBook looking robot rumbles up to the big Tesco. Um, it opens up. Uh, a service worker places the San Pellegrino in it, closes it, and then it makes the four mile an hour journey to your house. <laughs> cool. Hey, but yeah. they, it has an operating radius of four miles, so you'd only have to be waiting an hour for well, <laughs> yeah, minus traffic. Yeah. You'd only have to be waiting an hour for your San Pellegrino. Well, I presume they go on the pavement, do they? Oh, they very much do. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons that <laughs> I wanted stuck in traffic behind the four mile an hour delivery robot. <laughs> <laughs> well. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about this, actually, uh, so I'll sort of go mm. sort of in various orders, is that cities around mostly the U.S. so far, but I think this is going to probably filter out to the rest of the world, mm-hmm. just like happened with the auto industry's takeover of the roads in the early mm. 20th century, which used to be like mixed-use spaces that weren't just for people driving yeah, cars Yeah, they're coming fast. for the pavements yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. They are. They have le- these robots have now been given the same legal rights as pedestrians in Philadelphia. <laughs> Which is to say none. That's not very many rights, yeah. Um, yeah. So they said this is right. So and basically all the, and all of these different companies all have robots that work to different standards. Many of which are operating in the same cities and competing with one another for a space on the pavement. Awesome! It's like huh. the begin. It's like early railroads. It's cool. Oh, that's so they rolled be- this out in Philadelphia. Um, yes. Indeed. Did no one learn the lesson from Hitchbox? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, like, your, your, your model of San Pellegrino is not making it that four miles. Oh, yeah. don't worry, because... It's been um, made an example of much faster <laughs> than that. Well, part of it having the same legal rights as pedestrians is that if you, like, kick or nudge the robot and it's determined that you are a threat, it will contact the police. It, 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 it will <laughs> unveil a fucking M134. Like right, Riley, do you yeah. do you know about Hitchbot? Uh, no. What, what's what's going on with Hitchbot? Uh, Emily, do you want to expl- explain Hitch? So I I don't I don't terribly I don't remember the exact story, but I remember it was some, someone built some sort of like self-propelling walking around robot, and it was being hitchhiked around to various cities in the world. Yeah, they they were trying to get it. I think they were trying to get it from one side of the U.S. to the other, and it had like signs on it like "Please help me, I'm Hitchbot. Please help me get to this <laughs> other place." Boston Asimo quit his job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I gotta get the fuck out of Boston. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get back to Japan. <laughs> so, uh, so Hitchbot. It's, and it, I think it made it all the way. Did it make it from California to Philadelphia? Oh, I think it might have done. Yeah. Mm, yeah, but in any event, it, it made it to it made it to Philadelphia, and someone immediately killed it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want I want to read you the headline for this, which is Hitchbot Hitchhiking Robot Gets Beheaded in Philadelphia. <laughs> Oh no, Philadelphia ISIS. He was Canadian. He was a Canadian robot. A cheerful hitchhiking robot who had crossed Canada, the Netherlands, and (laughs) Germany. (laughs) Came to to the US and it got fucking beheaded ISIS. 
Style in so Bart was quoted as saying, "Ah, oh, fuck Bart." <laughs> so effectively, what we're saying is that uh, what we have now is a version of Hitchbot that works for a platform company in Estonia. Yeah, um, and it can call and, the cops, and we'll call the police on you. <laughs> oh, what's for a company in Estonia? So it's got a little MP40 in there. <laughs> so it, was, uh, <laughs> it was founded by the Skype guys who, who they ah, went on to found this company. Right, right. right. Um, yeah, and I like I love that like these companies that claim that they're going to disrupt everything but they've been sort of trying to like roll out their stupid um mm. you know their 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 little guga for yeah. like seven years something for which the technology just basically doesn't exist but they're trying to make it work well, anyway it, it's sort of it's one of these things right where it exists if you assume that like the pavements are just like self-driving cars it exists yeah. if you assume the pavements are empty uh, that signage is completely clear and easy to understand. The yeah. curbs are level, and that people will um, sort of <laughs> flow around it. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, I yeah. keep reading new details about Hitchbot, and let me let me read you very quickly one section of the Guardian's rice up okay, on this. Okay, go go go. It it was last seen with Jesse Wellens and Ed Basemaster, two popular YouTube <laughs> pranksters who took the robot for a drive around Philadelphia. Zella said the pair had dropped Hitchbot off at the sign of the road as travel companions are advised to do so that the next person could offer him a ride. Sadly, that ride would never come. Hitchbot yeah, I, I, was attacked between 6 and 7 a.m. Basemaster denied any involvement and then embeds a tweet from Ed Basemaster, which simply reads, I would never harm a robot, so please stop asking if I did. <laughs> well, and then that's something that's we could all Basemaster learn promise. when we're sharing <laughs> when we are sharing what used to be a human-only space. With uh, a bunch of uh, mm. delivery droids from competing platforms. Human-only spaces. Yeah. I'm a turf, but for humans. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, uh, Ed, no Ed, robots in here. Ed Basemaster is like our Sarah Connor. We got to go back in time and like get him to like. <laughs> You're like, no, you have to kill this robot a little. Er you have to do a Poughkeepsie yeah. tapes to this robot a little <laughs> earlier. I'm I'm really interested in the uh, in the fact that like they have the same legal rights as humans on the pavement, and I'm like, very excited for the inevitable when this gets rolled out in New York. Like the two compete. Guido delivery robots that are like trying to get past each other on the pavement, but it's not wide enough. They're like, hey, fuck you, pal. I got the same rights. <laughs> 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 giant well, flappy arms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Regional accents. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so the, the whole, but what, what I find really interesting about this, right, is basically is it like the, 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 the roads have effectively been privatized by uh, automakers and mm. oil companies through like like jaywalking is an imaginary crime all, 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 all crimes are imaginary but jaywalking mm. is especially imaginary it is the direct result of lobbying by car companies yeah, yeah, because yeah. people would keep getting hit by cars and suing car owners which made owning a car just expensive the cost of ownership yeah, they had high. to create yeah. the criminal offense of jaywalking yeah uh, and so yeah. It, just, it seems like uh, it seems like walking on a pavement and inconveniencing again one of like dozens of like little coolers on wheels just zipping around you will very soon become also a criminal offense, or at least that's what they seem to be lobbying for. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah. very cool. Um, I th I think that's so Maybe indicative. Just stay of, home, you know. Yeah. Car, if you don't have a car, stay home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Pretend it's the pandemic forever. Yeah, absolutely. Um. And so this was this was uh, shown to shown to this was raised to me basically by a friend of the show and host of Tech Won't Save Us podcast, Paris Marx, um, where uh, uh, he says basically, look, autos automobiles generally made this case for increased policing overall to keep pedestrians in check, 
And so if the and the company's having this ability to call the police just means that the laws criminalizing walking on the pavement or sidewalk if you're American will follow. Yeah. Also, uh, right. probably the cops are going to start using them also. So like uh-huh. to cut oh, to police numbers. People. No, you just like you call the cops and instead of a cop, you get like a starship with a taser on it. <laughs> um <laughs> is there going to be a starship department in every police department around the world? Yeah, they're going to be yeah. they're going to be like fucking dogs. They're going to have like a canine squad car and they let the starship out of the back of it. <laughs> yeah. So because this is a self-driving uh, you know, bullshit bit of technology, right? Do you want to guess how long it took me to look searching through their website uh to find the little um asterisk bit uh that says like okay. instantly yeah, well, I knew where to go. I, I knew to go to the FAQ. And did mm. you know that there are going to be people who, in case the starship gets lost or runs across someone that has a hard time navigating around, yes, decapitated, will be able to take control of the yeah, starship so, so, manually. So-called Blade Runners. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, yeah, uh, who shocked to learn that an autonomous delivery drone actually does have some element of a, of a human pilot. It's just a guy. Uh, it's just a guy yeah, in it's there. It's just a guy. It's a guy. It's a little guy. There's a little man. There's a little man in the starship, and he's pedaling it like a bicycle. <laughs> so but before I move on, uh, I'll throw throw to you, uh, Emily. What's your overall thought on this? I, I think we could do more. Um, I think mm. we could disrupt the the service worker that puts the things in the little robot. Mm. That's, a, that's an industry that's very ripe for disruption. As well as I should be able to get my own little starship. That's right. You know, that mm. like looks like the Millennium Falcon or something. Mm-hmm. That would do really well with nerds. Yeah. We know what we could do. Uh, we could just reverse engineer the plot of the movie uh, Surrogates. The terrible, terrible film Surrogates with Bruce Willis. No, I, 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 think, I think Philadelphia has once again, as in so many things, shown us the way. And that way is community-based uh, decapitation. <laughs> community-based robot destruction. Yeah, how do you decapitate a box on wheels? Philadelphia will find a way. That's right. Greatest city in the world. Yeah. Oh, my. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that is... That, that is... That is such a such a such a portent, you know. Mm. Such a such a horrible po- uh, portent of of things things that are coming. Um, you, you open up a, the starship that delivers to you, and it's just a bunch of bird entrails. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Fuck. How does it secure? Like, how do you prevent people from stealing the stuff from your starship when it's on the way, moving four miles an hour? Oh well, that that is an interesting question, Emily. I have an answer for that. Um, it's that you need to you need to have a mobile app and an authenticated order to unlock it. So uh, it needs or to be a yours. hammer, right? Or a hammer. Uh, no, but then right. the police will come. Ah, uh, okay. Then, mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, the police starship will show up. Yeah, they're going to yeah. really prioritize the someone stole my San Pellegrino course. I think it probably depends what part of town it mm. gets stolen, and to be honest, whether or not the police prioritize that. Um, and so what But what has happened, right, is lots of is people, there are reports of people having, like, ordered ice cream or whatever, and then their internet goes out, so there's just this little robot sitting with melting ice cream in it that they can't oh. access. <laughs> hey, I, I do have some awesome. good news, though. Um, and this is, like, uh, a, a, some breaking news hot off the ticker here. Dead billionaire. We got a dead billionaire, everyone. Uh, Ol- oh. Olivier huh. Dassault, the, the uh, French arms, sort of arms magnate and MP, has died in a helicopter mm. crash. Ah. Oh. Heli- I, but helicopters were so safe. Yeah, yeah, I know. Also, 
when they when when um eVTOL uh, electric drones start proliferating like i assume the spac pricing uh suggested they would uh i that's going to happen like all the time oh yeah like yeah. every be, billionaire dies within an yeah. hour it's going to be a, a mass act of classicide perpetrated entirely by stupid uh electronic vehicle companies that's great i'm all that's in favor funny. yeah um right so so rip to him mm-hmm. pouring one out for yep. that guy yep. uh yeah yeah, you uh, think an arms manufacturer could source a reliable helicopter, but apparently not. Well, guess not. So don't buy any weapons from his company. <laughs> that is my advice. Yeah, that'd be, uh, you know, yeah. it's like uh, you want to make sure you go to a barber with a good haircut. Yeah, you know? you yeah, don't want to yeah. have his uh, sideburns being uneven. This yeah. is... Uh, this is this is a, no Desso helicopter. It's like Wiley Wiley Coyote SMF, just like yeah. the gun that blows up in your own face. <laughs> um. Anyway. So, uh, last last little bits of Starship. Uh, they re- made the news last year uh, in in summer 2020 because they kept getting stuck in canals and water. They like they would get stuck in canals in Milton Keynes. Uh, oh, very no. funny to me. Um, you mean they're not amphibious? No, I'm afraid. Oh. I'm afraid they're they're not even flying. We've talked oh. about so many flying food delivery drones on here, mm. where like mm. they're like they're they're sort of enclosing a new area of the city that didn't have like people using that much of it, the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This time, they're sort of enclosing... That makes more sense. Yeah, they're sort of enclosing an area that people are using, so it felt worth sort of bringing back yeah, up it's again. Just do, do you yeah. want to be killed by a bottle of San Pellegrino that's, like, dropped on you from a failing flying drone, yeah. or do you want to get, like, your shin bruised when one of these runs into it? And then, of course, get tased and by get the police tased when they... By- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For the crime of obstructing a starship, mm-hmm. you have sentenced to being tased. This is much like the time I had to be the translator at the Russian electronic, Russian robotics exposition thing, where they were trying <laughs> to claim that Russian self-driving cars had the most advanced technology in the world, and this self-driving car was about the size of one of these delivery things. And literally, I had to give do be on stage doing this talk thing three times, and all three times, the self-driving car ran me over. <laughs> while I was giving this speech about what advanced technology it had. It drives exactly like a Russian. They nailed it. Exactly. Well, this was the fucking kicker because then I found out that the self-driving car wasn't self-driving at all and there was a guy backstage (laughs) with a fucking remote control doing it and the fucker was running me over. It's just a guy. Always. So wait, are we saying that Russian self-driving cars when you were doing this are at about the level of sophistication as every self-driving car that currently exists? Yeah. Yeah, more or less, just much yeah. smaller. Yeah, it's just a guy. So therefore less likely to kill you, and in yeah. that respect, better. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so everyone, self-driving Lada in the works. Mm. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway uh, these already have, um, there are 10 states in the U.S. that have uh, specific laws uh, granting uh, the star, basically drones such as those of starships. Uh, rights, mm. and of course. <laughs> Man, remember when like you could get a little quadcopter for very little money, and it suddenly yeah. became illegal to fly one anywhere because you would ram it into an aircraft or something? Mm. Well, not if you're um, no, not, not, if, you're a, a not, not if you're delivering someone San Pellegrino. That's right. Mm. Uh, anyway, so uh, that Starship, uh, I I very much enjoyed uh, learning about that uh, silly bullshit. Mm. Um, so. Moving a little bit on, I want to ask uh, ask the question. So this is aimed slightly at Emily. Uh, where did all the infinite stock market growth go? Uh, we took it yeah. um, <laughs> for the most part. No, I, uh. I mean the free money went away a little bit. Aww. The money got slightly more expensive. Oh, so but but wait, what about Spencer Confidential too? <laughs> 
Stocks always <laughs> go up. We'll, we'll eventually see Spencer Confidential too. <laughs> um, they're running my ass for these jokes for Spencer Confidential too. <laughs> I'm trying to tell them. Yeah. There weren't any fucking jokes yeah. in Spencer Confidential 1. They're, they're trying to... I asked for a raise, but they said that um, that 10-year treasury bills had gone up by 50 basis points and I now have to work for free. Mark Wahlberg now has to work on an internship basis for Netflix. <laughs> I was engineered to dance next to a Honda Civic. What the fuck do I know about wisecracking Boston, guys? <laughs> uh, okay, so... Uh, Look, it is, uh, it is, it is, we're gonna, so we're gonna go into this, right? And also, a uh, sort of disclaimer up front, uh, as fun as it is to joke around about the ludicrous state of our stupid economy, also, disclaimer up front, right? As fun as it is to joke around about the ludicrous state of our economy and as emotionally satisfying as it is uh, uh, to good, see all of disclaimer. these, like, I'm glad it ends there. You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, to yeah. see all of That's these, right. all of these, you know, charlatans businesses sort of, you know, go. Uh, run into difficulty, let's say. Uh, mm. It is irresponsible and premature to gloat about a bubble popping. Um, but on the other hand, if a uh, small rise in the price of uh, U.S. government bonds is enough to shock, to have enough of a shock to like make like cast the viability of this like infinite mm. growth no revenue really needed ever it just the asset price just continues yeah. to tick well up. like genuinely yeah. i don't think we need the disclaimer because this just situates us once again in the realm of history continues to vindicate us it's a big vindicating <laughs> us machine we fucking told you so <laughs> mm. right but because like the it seems like the whole the whole bet right uh on, on sort of the continued existence of the um the economy as it has been set up in Anglo-America was that we are going to innovate, we're going to incubate all of these hyper-innovative businesses that are going to transform mm. the way we live and interact with the sidewalk and... Caramel waffles. Yeah, or whatever, right? Yeah. We, and that it doesn't matter if they don't make any money because they're all going to become these big dominant monopolists. And Tesla is still like, you know, mostly is a carbon credit trading uh, company. Mm. doesn't matter. They're going to be the, the car of the future, whatever. If the whole m economic model is like sort of rattled that much by such a small mm. uh, change, then how strong was that promise anyway? Right. Yeah. I can't believe that Meghan Markle would do this to the economy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what are we to make of this, uh, let's say, significant uh, downward tick in the value of these companies? Yeah, there. I mean, stuff is getting smaller, but I think in the in the same way that everyone just fails up once you've made it past a certain point, like no one no one will actually get hurt from this that was making any money from it. One of the one of the things that people like to talk about often with this, right, is the relationship between um, the price of you know their the pr the price of these very flashy market have well marketed stocks, whether mm. meme or otherwise, um, that again that are predicated on this sort of technological business model. Mm. They like to the sort epic of, bacon stocks. Yeah, they they like to say this is like connected to the zero, the forever policy of zero interest rate, free money all the time. Mm. So what happened? So a few days ago, though, and again, sort of looking at you, Emily, the the, the U.S. Uh, the U.S. government debt yield went up a little bit. Yeah, everyone is very concerned about their risk now. We we are mm. all of a sudden worried about inflation again. We're we're very worried about risk all the time, I suppose, because I, I guess you know if you can't get free money, it's not worth investing at all. Mm. <laughs> with the, with the free money mm. right it's the the idea as well i've i've put as much as i can in like you know this zero return asset or whatever or even if i put any in it because it, it just basically keeps it safe or even gets eroded by inflation if i expect inflation um and then i'm going to put the rest into like these moonshot bids where you're almost you know it's a ev tall taxi or mm. some dumb shit like that on the basis that well 
I'm going to put a hundred million in, and if it does a Facebook, then I'm going to become like a fucking trillionaire or whatever, mm. right? But then once for uh, once people start to get a little bit worried about inflation, uh, the they're sort of more reticent to buy U.S. government debt. The interest rate that that pays goes up, and suddenly uh, I can just get 1.6 percent uh, or whatever, completely risk free, totally risk free. So I'm like, well, mm. I should. I'm going to put a little bit more of my money in that in that thing, um, mm. and I'm not going to, you know, put as much. I'm not going to like take my hundred million of of free money and just put it all on black because I can just go get more if it doesn't <laughs> or whatever. And there's another thing that it does, right? Which is if you're Netflix. And you're like, ah, well, got to borrow to make Spencer confidential too. Yeah, uh, suddenly, right. it matters if what you it matters a little more if what you make is good because the money you're borrowing oh, to make Spencer confidential yeah, too isn't free. Good job, Spencer confidential one was great. Yeah, I, but I hate when stuff like the quality of stuff matters. I I was enjoy. Where is King Arthur two now? You know, <laughs> well, I, I don't want to like overstate the importance of like this one number to like defining mm. everything else in society because there are a bunch of guys on Twitter who do this and they're all weirdos. Mm. Um, yeah. But what it does do is it just, it does make like, it does make the bullshit economy <laughs> a little bit more difficult on a day-to-day -day basis. I think there's probably, I think there's a lot of people are looking for like a sort of downturn in the future, right? Like as much as everyone's like super euphoric about everything going up all the time, I think people are more and more realizing they're like, well, this is actually kind of fake. Um, and so now, you know, people are like, maybe this has to end soon. I don't know. 2026, when the Fed funds rate rises from zero again, seems like like a place we'll never be in anyway. So I don't know why anyone's worried. Yeah, but, yeah, you, you pretty much. Yeah, know. time's because never going to advance to 2028. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we're, we're, the time we're, we get we're, there, they'll just lower the rate again. Yeah, that's right. We're already back in 2006. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Right, so I think there's there's another thing about this as well, right? And this is sort of think about this as a mirror image of the conversation we had with Joe Weisenthal uh, a few months ago, where mm. we talked about like double here. the root of all of this, or one of the roots of all of this is inequality. Because if people don't mm. have money to spend, uh, the way you make money is by asset price inflation. But one of the things that has happened, right, is and I, and again, this is sort of speculation, but. That the COVID the COVID stimulus bill one of the things it does is it does put a lot of money in people's pockets yeah and um, that means that people are going to be spending that money on stuff you can kind of make money from selling stuff to people yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I, I'm always very wary of trying to say well this one thing means this one other thing and they have a very simple relationship yeah, of yeah, yeah. people have more money individually that means that Netflix doesn't make Spencer confidential too right mm. but I think you know as as I understand it these things are sort of linked in a very sort of complex and um yeah. and sort of abstract way <laughs> the, right? the, the big money lever is somehow linked through a like inexplicable piece of like clockwork gearing to the big spend number of spencer confidential <laughs> movies gauge <laughs> <laughs> yeah the actual reason they can't make spencer confidential too is because boston asimo got decapitated on his <laughs> holiday right. to philadelphia yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i think you can't talk about right the the sort of, let's say, stumbling in the tech economy. And, and also, Emily, I think what you said earlier is very important, right? That none of the people who've gotten rich from this already are ever going to not be rich ever in their entire lives. Yeah, you, you can't fail anymore after a certain point. Like uh, Shamath, uh, who we've sort of mm. been talking about more and more on this show, uh, he's like, yeah, I sold off all my stakes and all my SPACs. Um, so Virgin Galactic, he sold off all his holdings. He's made hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, even mm. after SPACs started taking a bath a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, he's 
and, and, and the people left holding the bag, wouldn't you know it, are the people who are like, well, this economy can only go up. <laughs> and yeah. those people are mainly like uh, Redditors hmm. huh. and, uh, you know, retail investors. I mean, again, retail Redditors, who knows? Like, I don't know what big of a percentage of the market they are, but, you know, that's dumb the, money. The, the, the smart money. Yeah, the smart money uh, get, has gotten out or is getting mm. out, it seems. And uh, then, you know, a lot of people are holding the bag. Uh, it's not hard good. to feel bad for Redditors, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. it is. That is true. <laughs> And what would they have spent it on, like Mountain Dew and gaming PCs that Funko light up? Funko Pops, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, Funko Pops. Well, no, if they if they spend it on Funko Pops, you know where you know what store you buy those in mainly? GameStop. That's right, GameStop. Yeah, so, so maybe, the moon. yeah, mm. maybe this is how we're gonna get it going. We're gonna we're gonna have to like pump up um all of the redditors like arc yeah. purchases. What about a Funko Pop of the Stonks guy? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if you want to talk about this, like the. The poster child in terms of companies for this style mm. of the economy and one that has taken a real fucking beating in the last couple of weeks is Tesla, yeah. right? And if you want to talk about like Tesla's relationship with, with Wall Street, how it's gotten bid up to this crazy level uh, mm. despite not really making cars um, and how like... <laughs> Look, making cars is for suckers, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Every car company in the history of cars has been making cars and look where it got them. Yeah, so exactly. you guys are in the past. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but if you want to talk about how it, this interacts, I think, with like the financial markets in general, then you can't escape talking about ARK. And if you want a diversified investment across Tesla, Roku, Shopify, Spotify... Two animals Zoom, of every kind from the... Um, other, other firms that uh, have never made money and yeah. uh, aren't certainly vulnerable to suffer uh, from the same kinds of shocks as well. They're doing a CDO, but for the stock market. <laughs> like, what if you... What if instead of investing in one shitty company, you invested in every shitty company? Well, I mean... Well, do I have a fund for you? <laughs> have, have you considered the ARK Innovation Fund, Milo? Because it's a, it's a well-diversified bunch of equities yeah. Uh, that all <laughs> go, go into complete panic when the uh, treasury base rate rises a little bit. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah it's important anyway, to um, have one of those, I think. Yes, so, an ETF, so ARK is an ETF. Um, they, they offer a lot of ETFs. Uh, the, the, the notable one is the ARK Innovation Fund, um, which is just one. the worst named thing of all time. Mm. Um, it's, just, it's essentially just a basket of stocks, right? So instead of buying all of these individual securities, you can buy, like, uh, you can buy a share of, of ARC, the innovation fund, and you will get sort of exposure to these securities that are weighted in such a way by Kathy Wood completely randomly, however she's feeling that day. Yeah. If you want but how to, epic, though. If, if so, basically, if you remember, we talked about BlackRock a few months ago as well with George mm. Perks. Uh, BlackRock is a lot of their, not all of them, but a lot of their ETFs, their most popular ones, the ones they're most sort of famous for. It's like, if you just want to buy every stock and you don't want to have to buy every stock One of everything, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah excuse yeah. me. Exactly. <laughs> Mix it all together in a big jug. <laughs> like, the big, like you walk into the stock market and you want to do the stock market challenge where like if you finish every stock, you get them for free. <laughs> That's it's right. Omakase, but for stocks. <laughs> That's yeah. a, exactly. That is specifically for Quantian. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, so it's um. So whereas Arc, what they do is they're like, as, as you said, Emily, they'll go out and they'll pick the stocks that are most exciting, and they've been doing this since about 2014. Mm -hmm. And because they've been doing this since about 2014, right? This ETF, which is worth about 21 and a half billion, um, 
I, I, I think that's just the innovation fund. I think others are worth different amounts. There are several. There's ARC uh-huh. Innovation. There's ARC Genomic Healthcare. Tesla's in all of them for some reason. <laughs> Ah, cool. um, or at least in more than more than one, which is just great. Um, so it's down twenty three percent from its February high, but it's made like I don't know. It's it's made hundreds of percent if you invested towards the beginning. Obviously, it's massively beaten the rest of the market because mm. if you remember, all of that fake money has just been pouring into these stupid tulip companies. Great, yeah. Um, Look, anyway. I like to invest in a broad, diversified basket of different tulip companies. Because <laughs> what? You're telling me that all the tulip companies are going to go bust? What? You're telling me that every company that's working in the South Sea is going to go bust? Well, maybe one or two. But come on, they're comp- once one company in the South Sea goes bust, that's less competition for the other South I Sea d- companies. I don't think they'll go, as, as Emily said earlier, I don't think they'll go bust. But certainly they have been um, bid up to insane values on the basis that like the free money party just carries on forever right yeah Yeah. but but bidding ridiculous amounts on netflix to make spencer confidential 2 through 14 (laughs) and the thing and and a lot of people this is very and the thing is it's very popular with like redditors and robin hood types who are all getting their these stocks on the basis of payment for order flow which also a a concept that has been explained and uh one might say uh criticized on this podcast by uh us uh, other uh, finance Twitter people, but Emily, you would like to offer a defense of payment for order flow. I, I, I'm, I'm disgracing myself right now, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that the the PFOP thing specifically was was very overblown. Um, so you're you're a retail investor, right? You want to buy you you know you you went on Reddit, you have a bunch of like crypto money that you got, and you want to buy some like actual stocks. You you want to buy a couple of shares of Tesla. You don't really care if you're paying $100 or $100.05. You're not terribly price sensitive, right? So normally when you send an order to a stock exchange, you pay a commission for your broker because your broker is doing a thing for you, you pay them for it. Now, what Robinhood realized was that they could avoid that commission entirely by, right, by selling the order flow to market makers. And the reason market makers like that order flow is because it's, it's, it's very uninformed. Right. So your main risk as a market maker is direction, like is, is flow that's unidirectional, right? Like you don't want to get run over in one direction because you'd like to end the day, even if you could. Um, and so what PFOP allows these firms to do is just, I don't know, is, is to fill your order internally with, with your own internal inventory. Um, and from the perspective of like your average, like Robinhood retail investor, you end up with a slightly better price and no commission trading. I was going to say, so basically, uh, everyone who said ah, payment, but who has been crowing about ah, payment for order flow is, is unfair. It's another uh, situation of the man stepping on, uh, stepping on the toes of and, and screwing over uh, retail investors. Again, the problem is not the specific technical thing. It's the relationship of power. That's <laughs> the, yet again, the problems are political. <laughs> who would have thunk it? Uh, oh, God. Could could we have imagined here that the problems would fundamentally be about uh, like political ones about the distribution of power? Not here on the Good Future podcast. No, that's right. Absolutely not. Um, anyway, so people like love to ba- people basically love to uh, buy these arc funds, um, and they love to do it on platforms like Robinhood or Trading Two One Two or whatever. Um, and mm. and it's this and it's this act it's this active thing. It has been suffering a bit again because, like, <laughs> one number changed a bit. And what mm. I find really interesting, what other things I find very interesting about this, right, is that you know we say, yeah, it's got all of these, all of these things. Um, that Wall Street 
kind of hates Ark for sort of a different reason. Oh, is it going to be a good reason? <laughs> uh, Alex, do you think it is going to be a good reason? It's an even worse reason. <laughs> <laughs> because... Yo, you invested in the stock market? Why? Because a bunch want to hang out with some dudes? Well, pretty sus. it's the opposite, in fact. Ah. Uh, because there is a lot of derision of this. Again, fund that is basically built on the very correct idea, right, that a lot of the economy is fake and marketing, and they do, they're always on CNBC. Mm. Um, that a lot of the economy is fake, and they've made tons of money on the, on the premise that whether they, they, I don't think they're even cynical. I think they truly believe like Tesla is going to fundamentally change the world with the 10 cars it makes a year. Yeah. Um, and that you, you can genuinely invest in magic. Has anyone else put a car in space? No. <laughs> Checkmate, Libs. But a lot of the, a lot of the hate on, on Wall Street for, uh, for ARC is actually just that, um, Kathy Wood is uh, a female, and a lot of her portfolio managers didn't attend Ivy League schools and work at like you know 120 hour weeks at rim buy side jobs. Well, to be fair, that is disgusting. <laughs> so I understand that. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's deeply revolting that they would be allowed to get near money without having played lacrosse at many private institutions <laughs> and then rearranging logos on PowerPoint slides for many thousands of hours. Mm. Yeah. So it's like it's like we've forgotten how to do anything other than just like trade tulips back and forth. Yeah, but you and have to like, have gone to tulip school. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah. oh, they didn't go to tulip they didn't go to the they didn't get credentialized well enough at tulip school to yeah. be trading tulips back and forth. Exactly. You can't go to tulip state. Yeah. So what do you no. what do you go trade the tulip wrong? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what if you what if you don't get the right amount of guilders for this beautiful fractally patterned tulip? Yeah. I went to Universitate Tulip in Groningen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um yeah, it's very funny that like people are mad at like this this sort of type of business this type of business, again, it's not falling apart, but the luster is certainly coming off of it, especially because the government's being like, We're not gonna Oh, fuck not the luster yeah, not the we luster. needed that <laughs> um and people and people who are in this sort of you know elite, like wall street elite class mm. are being like and the problem is it's that they didn't as i wanted to do that or at least someone from my country club in new rochelle yeah yeah i mean if, if everyone finds out it's fake like how am i gonna make a bunch of money from doing this anymore yeah. and i mean yeah, redis my, my, did figure that out but no one cares about yeah. them so yeah my my credentialism is going to be worthless if I'm getting massively outperformed by like you know some former product managers and a lady, um, mm. and then uh, everyone's gonna <laughs> and 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 not so they've outperformed me for years and years and years, uh, and now that uh, everything they do we realized everything they do is fake they'll realize everything I do is fake. Fuck. Yeah, shit. <laughs> no good. This is, this is all fake. A woman can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Milo, you exaggerate. But some of the people posting about, like, like, like Wall Streeters, I see posting about mm. are not so far from the truth. I mean, Emily, is this your experience as well? Yeah, I, I actually, I would really love to see like a, a notable fund manager, like Stevie Cohen, should come out as transgender. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what happens. We've got to start force femming Wall Street. I've been yeah, saying yeah. this. So I've been saying this for years. Cohen and forced filming Wall Street. You yeah. guys have heard the story. Yeah. Stephen I Cohen assume. did do this. Wait, yeah. what? Alice, do you not know about this? Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, Emily, would you like to? Would you? Oh, I can't believe we haven't talked about this. Emily, would you please introduce the uh, the assembled um, the assembled podcast? Yes. So Stevie Cohen is like this hedge fund manager guy. Um, he got indicted for insider trading at his first firm, Stack Capital, and so started a new one called Point Seventy Two. Um, mm -hmm. And a news story came out that. 
one of the MDs at this firm was making one of their employees like take feminizing hormones <laughs> and like shave their legs and like wear skirts to the office and stuff and like do awful sexual things like in the office like at, you know with the with the implicit threat that like you lose your job otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they yeah cool. he went really far with it like started hormones and everything it was really powerful. That's wild. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ. Listeners to the and, like, show. Everything at 172 is still going fine. Oh, sure. Oh, of course. Yeah. 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 They, um, in fact, li- listeners to the show will remember, uh, point 72 is the one where they're like, no round art. Yeah. Square art only. I hate round art. <laughs> the show was remember the point 72 is where Nate used to work. Yeah. Also, co sponsored with fucking archive of our own, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, right. And the other thing, so back on, on arc, right. Um, they lo- they also love to go on on CM. They've been doing this for like you know uh, like seven years, mm. seven years of their existence because they keep outperforming the market just because of the way the wind is blowing. Yeah. They would go on. They'd be like, I think Tesla. I have a pre split price target of Tesla for like twenty six hundred dollars. Um, mm. and then they then they'd be like, oh, okay, why? But well, they're going to sell these amount of cars. They're going to become a number one in Europe by twenty twenty one. Whatever, whatever, whatever. They hit their price target. But then, but for none of the reasons that they thought. And so yeah, they yeah. keep getting invited back on. And there's this mm. really, really slick marketing operation. And I, I think, like, if you want to talk about, you know, um, tulips, is tulips don't become worth what they're worth without an incredible amount of ideological work going on just in, in like, the news yeah. that people read about how Elon Musk is changing the world, how he's epic, and yeah. how, or you, and also on stuff like finance news that people don't really watch. That's where a lot of this consent kind of begins to get manufactured, mm. Mm. and it's all, and there are just layers and layers and layers of just marketing, uh, and 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 a lot of this this marketing was essentially again go as far as we're concerned. Others may have a different opinion. A lot of this marketing goes back to largely creating consent for the sort of turbo austerity that was rolled out in the af- aftermath of the financial crisis. You to the Tesla line, the turbo <laughs> austerity. You were absolutely right about CNBC being pure propaganda. Like, I don't know that people realize, but like on the floor of essentially every financial firm, there are just these TVs that are blaring CNBC nonstop. Mm-hmm. So everyone sees it. And the, the barrier to going on CNBC is not like terribly high. So you can just kind of go on there if you work at some random place and say whatever you like about your stock. And yeah, if you're a podcaster, hmm. yeah, yeah, if you're a podcaster, they should have me on there. They're a podcaster. They just let you do it. And, and then, then it just gets broadcast around all of you. So you can just kind of talk it into existence. If you'd like, you can talk whatever kind of price you want into existence. You can at least get people talking about something that are closest to the money in that case. And, yeah, the so, cowards at CNBC refuse to have me on <laughs> to talk about which stocks Donald Trump would buy in there his are also voice. Two guys on CNBC with absolutely amazing goatees and um, ponytails, which well, is the only reason to watch. CNBC mm. is an absolute top network to watch for uh, weird outfits and, da- oh, and yeah. daring facial hair. <laughs> yes, amazing. <laughs> but it's I, I think the the important point to make here is sort of what I'm kind of driving at, right? Is that the entire sort of you know fake bullshit tech economy mm. has all of these has all of these things that are driving it. It has the sort of long-standing sort of zero interest rates. It has yeah. the sort of incredible inequality and the impossibility of like building yeah, a successful it has business the by being doing something force like feminized by your boss. Absolutely, but, I'm not sure why has... this is essential, but like we get <laughs> if we get Spencer confidential too out of it, then put on the maid outfit. 
That's fine. I have a correction on the feminization, by the way. I said yeah. he worked at Point72. It was his old firm, yeah. Sack Capital. Mm. I was mistaken. They're making me put on a fucking maid costume. <laughs> I don't understand why. I'm just supposed to sell Hans. <laughs> we force-femmed Asimo. That's right. As- Asimo now. Yeah. Um, so in, in addition to all of these things that are happening with the numbers, so to mm. speak, there is also an incredible amount of sort of of ideological alignment and propaganda and stuff that's mm. happening at this fever pitch, this constant marketing that sort of uh, kind of aligns everyone as well. There is a oh. there is a deeply managed process. Is it managed by you know one one person or a group of people? No, obviously it's managed by the very incentives of the system that it's in. Mm. And so, so something like Arc, uh, this this you know again this basket of yeah. insane companies. Um, it's it's inevitable. It mm. is co- it is it was made inevitable. Once again, because I also, refer to my tweet. We are trapped in the belly of the machine. And the machine is teaching girls to code. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's 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 like it, it, it's Emperor's New Clothes shit, right? But it's like the Matrix. It's like if you die in the Matrix, you die in real life because your brain makes it real, mm. right? It's the same shit where like actually investing a load of money in Arc in 2014 is like none of it is real, but also it was a great idea. Yeah, like you'd really, have made, if, you'd if, have made you'd millions. Made tons of money. If, if you yeah. start taking feminizing hormones to get better at stocks, unfortunately, you mm-hmm. do then like grow the tits in real life. <laughs> and the thing is, and the thing is, right? Like, there's no reason that all of this couldn't, that these conditions couldn't change, and things couldn't reverse. Even by the time this episode is out, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's just yeah, a couple of helicopter sort of, crashes in the right yeah. places. <laughs> mm. A couple, a couple of helicopters dropping a little bit of money. Um, but it's that effectively, right? It, it, I think it shows the fragility and consensus-based nature mm. of the stupidest version of the economy that it could possibly exist. Yeah, and also that it's just it's just built on certain assumptions and that those assumptions can be wrong and you can get away with that for a while while people keep assuming them. But at some point, if someone goes, hey, what's up with these? Are these assumptions based on anything? Like, that's when you get problems coming in. <laughs> I just think that the, the fragility is mostly worrying in that, like I mentioned before, like the only people that get hurt in a downturn are vulnerable people, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's the the scariest part of all of this is like if, if everything is really this fragile and everyone in America is already is most everyone in America is, you know, already living very precariously, like we're playing stupid games with like many people's real lives. Mm-hmm. And and again, it's like you have to if you go back to it, right, a lot of these inflation expectations that we get mm-hmm. talked about are on the basis that the government is going to start giving people a lot of money. Yeah. You know, so. And again, I, I don't want to over over determine like one cause, but it seems to me right like this, there's this assumption that well, inflation's going to have to happen. They're going to give a lot of money to people, so um, of course the rational decision is well, I need yeah. to bid up the, I need to, we need to like put a hold on this, and then all of a sudden, all of those expectations sort of come crashing into contact with reality, and then, you know, then what happens here happens. Lots of things lose lots of value, and like Emily said, it's the it's the people least able to take that hit that are then going to take that hit. Yeah, like the stock. Everyone made has boys. money. Mine is worthless. And you don't want that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when everyone has money, then I have to get a special technology branded money. <laughs> How will everyone know I'm special if I don't have more money? Like that was- <laughs> well, I need I need a special rich person only money. Yes, uh, which comes in high amounts. Mm. Um, <laughs> like you can't get change. No, you just have to buy more expensive shit. That's right. 
anyway, I thought that was very interesting to look at sort of, you know, the, um, the, model, the model of the economy that this podcast was built to talk about finally getting a little bit shaken. Hmm. Um, and uh, sh- shaken in a way that, again, will not hurt any of the people who are, were involved in building it. But oh, of course not. No, but uh, nevertheless, at least it does seem to be coming into contact with reality. So, before we end, uh, I want to quickly do an article uh, that I really have enjoyed reading, um, because uh, <laughs> shoes by Raphael. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you can only do that one once. Um, basically, in fact, uh, Emily, are you familiar with Lawrence Fox? I am not. Oh, lucky woman. First of woman. all, yeah, y- yeah, you know what? Just log off the call right now. <laughs> you don't need to know. Continue your blessed existence. <laughs> Imagine if, like, uh, one, one of the lesser Baldwin brothers that are all really big Trump supporters and, and like, make direct-to-movie, direct-to-DVD yeah, Christian videos. Baldwin. Like, your lesser Baldwins. Um, lesser Baldwin. Imagine if sounds you will, like a fucking niche breed of bird or something. Imagine <laughs> one of the lesser Baldwins was turned into like a media darling for basically saying that he believes society has gotten too woke and now gets interviewed in the newspaper and on TV and stuff more or less every day at every publication. Beautiful. And also does things like eats really overcooked steak to yeah. own the lib. Yeah, he's a he's a classic lib trigger guy. Mm. Um and and, and a so Zed list Dr. Actor. Seuss lately. Yeah, I I bet you if I Lawrence Fox, Doctor Seuss, yeah. Um, I mean he was he was the assistant in Lewis. I'm trying to think what the equivalent in he would be. Oh, if was one of the guys off Bones, that's the kind of level yeah. of actor he is. <laughs> he's a Bones guy. Yeah, and so he what he has done is he has he has started a political party because the Conservative Party is too liberal for him on culture war issues. Cool. He said he has started a political party to start the culture war, and he is running for mayor of London. Yeah, because the mayor of London decides the outcome of the culture war. It's actually mm-hmm. due to an old medieval law. <laughs> well, Every year they have a parade and then the different cultures, and then the mayor of London <laughs> picks the best one. That's right, and he's never picked Britain yeah. because of wokeness. Exactly, yeah. Um, and the prize is exactly the amount of money you need to save the community center. <laughs> so it's really... <laughs> so uh, Fox writes in The Telegraph, our sense of who we are, where we are, and what we are is being undermined. Uh, Lawrence, can you draw me a clock, please? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> ah, the woke Stasi have taken away my ability to draw a clock from memory. <laughs> the woke, the woke brigade have given me Alzheimer's. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and and this is the part of the article that I loved. Yeah. And and Emily, you will see immediately the repre- the um. Uh, you might say equivalency with American sort of like reactionary headbangers. As a small child, he writes in his announcement that he's running for mayor of one of the world's largest Wait, cities. What? As a small child, I always thought. I hate when that- recipes start this way. <laughs> you gotta scroll all the way past the reactionary shit. I thought he was saying, as a small child, like as someone who was a small child. <laughs> well, that would be. <laughs> yeah. Well, hang on, Milo. Yeah. As a small child, I always thought that Britain was brilliant at everything. I still I said, think that, but I used yeah. to, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a little Mitch Hedberg action. As a small child, I, I always thought that Britain was brilliant at everything. I sat in secondary school being told stories of great battles and inventors, brave kings and wars that lasted a hundred years, of hurricanes and spitfires dancing across the sky, vastly outnumbered, holding fast against the relentless juggernaut of fascism that had swept across Europe. Isn't it, isn't it bad when a war lasts a hundred years? Doesn't that mean you're no, you kind of suck Britain was, at was winning war? it. 
Yeah, not yeah. if you win. Yeah, we were winning yeah. for a hundred years. Yeah, that's how much two, we were winning. That would have sucked. Yeah. Also, it's cool to think about. Yeah. Um, he says, uh, but my grand, both my grandfathers served in the war, which basically makes him a veteran mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I'm being deliberately flowery and rhetorical, but I feel it's important to confess just how in love I am with these tiny island splotches with we call we call home, and how immovable I am in that love. Basically, everyone's two grandfathers served in the war, though. Like, we had full conscription. Like, both my grandfathers <laughs> served in the war. Like, what Like what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, one of my grandfathers was a fucking RAF mechanic and spent the whole time in Sri Lanka. He had a great time. Like, what, are you, like, what is your point? <laughs> Horrible guy, though. Horrible guy. <laughs> Good God, that man. Fucking hell. So, I think what, what Lawrence Fox's point here appears to be, and this sort of connects with all the stuff from up at the beginning, which is that... um. Lawrence Fox was taught a version of British history in school that was from like, I don't know, like a boy's own version of history. That's from like a yeah, coloring just book. Just William. Yeah, he was taught just William as history, and um, he's now had to learn that that wasn't quite right. That's banned by the woke left. And so he just is now. He is running <laughs> for mayor of London to try to make history like he thought it was when he was a kid, when it was fun and not complicated or morally yeah. difficult. Bring back just William O. Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Falsely banned from our universities by the woke left. And what I, what I really like about this, right, is that it's basically, I think, is the kind of political equivalent. Is, he is essentially running for office to legislate that Santa is real. Yeah, and he's right to and do he's, so. He's right to do so. Santa is real. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, who else brings the presents? Yeah, oh, obviously. Yeah, you're telling me, I mean, who else could fit down that chimney? What, someone not magical? Well, postmodern neo-Marxists say it's your mom and dad. Yeah. They're lactose intolerant, yeah. so what happened to the milk? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, rational people like me, we know that it's Santa. Yeah. And I, when I'm mayor of London, I will officially make it the law that Santa brings the presents, and Santa brought them all, and it was never your mom and dad. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's it, but it it is so interesting, right? How, to me, anyway. How and again, this is published in like a major broadsheet um, newspaper, mm. uh, which is that he's like, well, when I was a kid, everything was simple. If I'm mayor of London, I'll make everything simple again and fun. So you can just you can just say things like this. You're like, wow, like our country used to rule, and then you could just say whatever you want afterward, and at least a few people will vote for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, I believe that that Lawrence Fox running for mayor of London is going to cause Sean Bailey, uh, to the conservative candidate, to lose his deposit. <laughs> Man, he's such a bad candidate, yeah. Sean Bailey. <laughs> really awful. Oh boy, I would almost rather have Lawrence Fox than that Sean Bailey. Would be very interesting. To be he fair, he would be kookier, and he'd probably do less damage because he'd be more like stupid. This about is exactly it. what people said about Boris as mayor of London. Yeah, but yeah. then again, it would be quite fu- like how would Lawrence Fox go about like legislating that Britain was actually always brilliant. Yeah, just like in London, in somehow, London, just like <laughs> via his via his absolute monopoly over the rates of parking charges, he will like the dominoes, like the small domino is changing the amount you have to pay to park a Range Rover on a street in W one, and the massive domino is like Britain was not racist actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you you see, there's a little more of this, uh, because the other thing is right. He says, uh, uh. 
the BBC absolutely refuses to hold anything remotely resembling an open debate surrounding COVID policy and lockdowns. Leading experts in epidemiology and evidence-based medicine have been smeared and silenced by our government. Evidence-based medicine. Excuse me. That's called medicine. <laughs> you fucking cretin. If you're describing some medicine that you're doing as evidence-based, that makes me extremely suspicious about how evidence-based it is. So... What I what I enjoy here, right? Yeah, is is this like, yeah, we're not allowed to have an because you know all of these idiots love endless debate about everything because that oh, means absolutely. that you have to take them seriously. Yeah, and like yeah, like I I actually you know I I think you know infinitely locking down off and on because we just like always wanted to like triangulate with the virus or whatever kind of sucks as a policy and we should go one yeah. way or the other. Um, I would but, like to open a debate about whether Lawrence Fox uh, got divorced because uh, he's a dickhead or because he's really bad at fucking. <laughs> oh, and I would right. like it, it to go on BBC One. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it has to go on BBC One. You have to be taken seriously. Exactly. Um, I, so, I deserve my time in the sun. At what cost in these lives and livelihoods? Oh, he says that lockdown, lo- all these lockdowns were based on, uh, quote, dodgy dossier like in Iraq. Uh, he's basically uh, this million Iraqis dead because of the COVID lockdown. Yeah, his his argument here basically is that um, COVID the COVID lockdown was based on the, is as bad as the Iraq War. Um, which uh, yeah, he's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's as bad. Uh, having to wear a mask that's the same thing as being you know hit with depleted uranium in Fallujah. Yeah, I just don't. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It does to him because like it puts you. But just like, what do, what do they think happened to all the dead people? Like, what? Like, did they just did Santa do it? Like, what is the? <laughs> what are you, I don't. It's like, how do you deny something is go, like when it's literally going on right in front of you, and you probably know people who have died from it. Well, I mean, I mean, the I think the real answer is like we're in this sort of hyper atomized and alienated uh, place that like just we all live, mm. right? You can just like you can just be like, oh yeah, that's not true, um, because I I all of my connection to everyone else is mediated by a spectacle, and I'm just gonna look over here at the bit of the spectacle that I like, uh, that yeah. that I think is good because it's the bit of the spectacle that says that I have to be taken seriously and I don't have to limit my behavior in any way, even socially, etc. Yeah, this is like denying the Armenian genocide while you're being dragged out of your house by a Turkish soldier. Like, it just makes no sense. Like, well, I've decided this isn't happening. <laughs> like, what? Um, so, there is a... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, whole areas of public discourse, he writes, have become minefields where a wrong step sees your career and livelihood ended Hansel overnight. so culture, baby. Yeah, he's going to fight it as mayor of London. <laughs> Yeah, whereas his career was ended very slowly so, by him being a bad actor. <laughs> so, um, Emily, what would, wouldn't you wouldn't you be so happy if Bill De Blasio finally ended cancel culture? I would love it because that's that's my main problem with Bill De Blasio is that like people keep getting canceled in New York and he hasn't done anything about it. <laughs> which he which he should do like Bill the mayor's office should be doing more about cancel culture. Is this the perfect epitome of like the endless right wing self talk shit? Right, where they're I, just like, I like how he gets really close to it too. He's like, "Well, the invasion of Iraq was like obviously flawed and like under dodgy circumstances." Mm. He's like, "Nothing else before that." However, no, no of course, not. once it happened in two thousand three, no, that was when lying was invented. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were in like all that stuff about like thuggy or whatever in India. That was all real. We invent the government invented lying to like you know pursue monstrous foreign policy aims in around two thousand three. Yeah, yeah. 
maybe he believes that terrible Ricky Gervais film, The Invention of Lying, was a documentary. Yeah, perhaps. Um, so, uh, um, uh, this is just the latest sad manifestation of an ever-present danger, the slow sad. demoralization of the population fueled by the navel-gazing revisionism of universities. They refuse to read Dr. Seuss in universities, and it means that everyone, that the government can lie to us about how the past was bad and the present is good. In reality, it's the opposite. When I was young, people understood that a cat could wear a hat, <laughs> and now they don't understand that anymore because of cancel culture. You didn't say the thing about Dr. Seuss. I had, I editorialized that in. Uh, see, have, my... have we nearly gotten to the end of a, a whole article written by Lawrence Fox and he hasn't used the word woke yet? Uh, oh, it's coming. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm, um, okay. There is a deep and genuine hate of who we are and what we've done. And like, yeah, once you realize it, once you hear about like the Mau Mau, how do you not have that? Um, such guilty reflection has now reached a crisis point where even mild patriotism is branded as racism. Oh yeah, bud. The, oh, the mild sure. oh, patriotism yeah. of being like, when I was a kid, I thought Britain was the best at everything in the world. I'm still right. Anyone who disagrees with me is a fascist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That mild All patriotism. other nations are full of people that are just not as good as me. Yeah, mild yeah. patriotism. Yeah, that's what they yeah. call it. Um, and I like this also. We have progressed from resistance to female suffrage and chemical castration of gay men in a darker and more fearful past Wait where freedom it. of speech and elections by secret ballot have delivered us some of the most liberal values on earth. Mm-hmm. So basically, he's like, we would Look never how liberal be... these values are. Basically, like, because of cancel culture, we would never be able to like stop those bad things from the past. I think that's what he's saying. Yeah, because like, right, when you think okay. about it, stopping women from voting is the ultimate kind of canceling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, exactly. I, I had a genuinely difficult time figuring out what he's what he's meant there. No, man. <laughs> and he makes yeah. a stupid he makes he a stupid know. statue point. Uh, being like, as mayor of London, he would defend the statues. Yeah, personally. He can't defend any of them in the city of London because he wouldn't be the mayor of that. <laughs> yeah, he's got He's got to climb Nelson's column. Uh, <laughs> uh, Deliberately or by apathy, our sense of who we are, where we are, and what we are is being undermined. Yes, I believe it is. Uh, only, culture, only if your not, sense of who yeah. we are, where we are, and what we are is based on a fucking boy's own novel, and that's a that's thing right, that you did is. to yeah. yourself. Were you just <laughs> asleep through every year of school past like five? <laughs> well, no, it's that. Um, it's that. Um, but happened is Sadiq Khan did this to him. I am being robbed of my yeah. sense of belonging, I say, taking the trepanning drill to my own <laughs> frontal lobe. As, as, <laughs> as mayor of London, I will reinstate my own sense of childlike wonder by <laughs> policy. <laughs> the whimsical mayor got a new screen name for you, Riley. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Boris Johnson says there's nothing wrong with being woke, and Keir Starmer uh, takes uh, a knee. We got it. We got it. Yeah, to hard left BLM that seeks to undermine all the things we hold <laughs> Man, dear. Remember when Keir Starmer took a knee yeah, in his office funny. on the carpet, very, and then yeah. just kind so of cool. like let all of that like, fall well, by the wayside? I was like, well, well, actually, I think that uh, if you touch a statue, you should be punished with uh, with death. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Man, I, they're so fucking embarrassing. I, I believe in the reverse of idolatry laws. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah um, idolatry. Sorry, you better build a gold statue. Yeah. Yeah. Sadiq Khan and his nation-hating cronies have their, uh, mm. have their jealous eyes at statues and institutions. They want to steal all the statues. Your jealous eyes. 
Why is everyone so mad about statues? Well, yeah, what could Sadiq Khan, a kind of like moderate, milquetoast, quite boring politician, be doing or have about him that could excite people to these flights of rage? I wonder. Hmm, well, uh, Lawrence Fox answers that question with another question. Where does ah. this desire to strip us of our history end? And I, I promise you, every word I'm about to write or say is in the article. Okay. Okay. Where does this desire to strip us of our history end? Surely Queen Victoria, the epitome of empire and white privilege, should be torn from her plinth in front of Buckingham Palace yeah, okay. to be swiftly replaced with a monument to either Greta Thunberg or Piers Morgan. <laughs> what? Piers Morgan? <laughs> what? Piers Morgan? This just goes to show woke how left. fucking... Fucking love Piers Morgan. They're so they're so off base with even like their attempted satire of like, oh yeah, you all love Piers Morgan. Dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Like <laughs> Piers Morgan is a reactionary. Like, Piers Morgan is one of the biggest cunts in history. And you think he that should, is should stand to be a big of a bigger cunt. Yeah, like what? Like what are you, like what are you, what? What are you talking about? Like also like being robbed of our history. Like, no, you were robbed of your history before. <laughs> this is people explaining history to you. What you want is to live in a drawing. <laughs> so why are none of our politicians standing to defend us? I am livid at the disrespect being shown to the sacrifices of previous generations to defend our values. And so I'm pleased what to- What values are they? Saying the word. Yeah. Yeah. It's the values are uh, English. You know, lo- love the queen. Love the queen. Love a pint. Yeah. Uh I everyone else. Hey, for no, no, simple as. The door. Simple as. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that. It's like that's gonna be the first law that um Mayor uh, Lawrence Fox will initiate. Anyway, I'm pleased to announce that I'm candidate to be the next mayor of London. I look forward to speaking oh, up that for those who are being about? dominated into silence. Okay. Yeah. He's announcing his campaign. Uh, and also, I'm excited to inform the listeners of TF uh, that I have a new job as a campaign coordinator uh, for someone huh. who I cannot say who they are yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's Brian Rose. Big thing's coming. Watch this space. Like the space. The, the American jacking off guy. <laughs> I am I am absolutely going to be uh, being very proud uh, to be a major Lawrence Fox surrogate <laughs> on the news. <laughs> It'll be Lawrence Fox's near attendant. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna go on CNBC and I'm gonna talk about how Lawrence Fox should be mayor of London so he can defend all the statues and somehow that's gonna make the arc it's gonna fix the arc innovation ETFs woes. Yeah. The statue stocks are gonna go yeah, through the roof. Absolutely. Big marble. Yeah. Um, that's right. Lord Elgin surging <laughs> to the top of the stock market. <laughs> that's right. Um oh it's uh, he is he is so cool. Uh, I am absolutely Love gonna be a Lawrence guy. Fox surrogate. And I encourage all mm. of you to be Lawrence Fox surrogates as well. Yeah. Yeah, have a have a Lawrence Fox baby for the uh, mm-hmm. for the good of the nation. That's right. Um, anyway, we've been going for quite a while. We so, certainly have. Uh, I'm going to say number one, uh, Emily. Thank you very very much for coming on here and uh, talking to us about the economy. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, where can people find you on the old internet? Uh, I am at the Emily account on Twitter. Um, and that's that's the only social media account I have. I have that's an Instagram right. account also called the Emily account, but please don't follow it. <laughs> that's do not follow the Instagram do not account. Do, that. do not contact yes. me. Yeah. <laughs> please, please do not please do not follow any of us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. And also, uh, thank you all for listening. Please don't forget the bonus episode on the Patreon this week. Bonus. And there you can hear some more of that. Yeah. Uh, we are delivering on a long-standing promise to our listeners that we've made ever since we first got Patrick Wyman on the show. 
Mm. We have finally watched the Guy Ritchie King Arthur movie uh, with him and uh, Eleanor Yanaga, also friend of the show. Having yeah. a clump, so, simple uh, as. Yeah, 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 that's right. So, um, do check uh, that out on the and bonus. That's Thursday. the kind of history that Lawrence Fox is going to bring back as mayor of London. <laughs> it's when the uh, King Arthur was geezers, <laughs> and there was no, there was no trans geezers. They was all just geezers. <laughs> Didn't matter right. if you were black, brown, white, or purple. You was just a geezer then. That's right. Uh, I love, I love sophisticated critical analysis. Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, so that's happening. That's five bucks a month. You already know the deal. Link is in yeah. the description of the episode. Yeah, and also check out all the TF spinoffs. You got The Bottleman with Riley. You got Masters of Our Domain with me. You've got Hell of a Way to Die with Nate. You've got uh, the James Bond podcast yep. with uh, Alice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, uh, so, there is uh, an infinite number of podcasts to listen to. Insane, you know. Um, and you know, you can um, invest in instead of investing in uh, the stock market, you should invest your time in listening to uh, podcasts and, invest and your, your money, money also in all of the Patreons. In all of the Patreons. That's they can right. only go up. <laughs> I'm on CNBC right now, and I'm telling you, this is the only way is up, baby. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. See you in a few days. Catch you later. Bye.